Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. And now we're having our Christmas show. This is yeah. time by. is it is kind of flying by. It does feel good to come in here off a win, though. Gosh darn it! <laughs> it's been a few weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Folks been fighting on social yeah. media. We've been trying to figure out what's wrong. This was it was a satisfying win, but it wasn't really. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the show. Because I still feel like uh, we didn't really get the answers we wanted. No, I feel the exact same way. I said after the game, this isn't a win that makes you feel great. But I still did see some things that can make you feel better. But also, you saw a lot of the same things that we've been seeing all all season long drops leading the picks untimely penalties just the continued self-inflicting wounds and despite all that they still did score 27 points against a pretty good Patriots defense now this is not a good Patriots team but that unit is pretty darn good still so to put up nearly 30 against them is, is is something you could take away Something you could take away and you can be like, okay, that's somewhat of a building block moving forward because you're not going to play nearly as good of defense this week against the Raiders. Well, let's get it going. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels is out in L.A. Steven Serta's behind the board. Aaron Ladd is here in KC. Episode 69, we're recapping a Chiefs win for the first time in a little while. We'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly from that. Mark Gunnels came back down to earth. In Vegas, <laughs> he rolls his eyes. And we're also going to dig back because we go on wax here. We give our predictions before the season. We give midway predictions. So we'll peek in on one of those for Mark Gunnels. Well. It's going to be a tough episode for you, man. I, I, <laughs> I hope you know. Like it's. Uh, I don't know what take that is. I wonder what, what could that be. Don't worry. We, we, we've we got it on wax. Serta, Serta did the digging. We pulled it out, and we'll play that uh, here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Can't have it without y'all listening, the listeners, the fam. Y'all been y'all dusted off the voicemail line. We got three more voicemails this week uh, in a, in addition to an active chat. Gary says, good morning, gentlemen. At, at, uh, Where are you coming from, Gary? At, at, at 5.30 <laughs> KC time. <laughs> good morning, Gary. What's up? He might be in England or something. Actually, Serta, if you have the really quick voicemail, just so we can show people that we plan these voicemails on the pod, we want y'all tapped in with us 5.30 KC time on Tuesdays when we record. There's a real quick one. There's a short one. Can we play that one right now? You guys are doing really great. Dixie are one of the best teams ever. And I keep up the good work. See ya. Hey. Obviously, this person hasn't hasn't been following your Vegas segment this year. Well, it sounded like that was a kid. We love the kids. Right? <laughs> it sounded like, sound like that was a younger Chiefs fan. So, <laughs> shout out to them, man. That person's not 18, 18 or older yet. They, they, don't, don't, so. they don't live on the Kansas side. I, I feel very comfortable saying they, they are not 18. 
That was a little lighthearted one. We want y'all to leave y'all names if y'all can, but if not, appreciate the voicemails. 816-514-1267 is the line. We'll play two of those later in the show, but let's first start off with our Chiefs recap. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. All right, 27-17, the final from Foxborough. This game got flexed out and really deserved to be after the four quarters that we watched up there in New England. Not a satisfying win, but the Chiefs get it done. My first note here, let me go in a little bit of reverse order because I want to give this guy, I want to start with some good news. I feel like every time we hop on the pod, we start with our recap. There's always some negative. Let's give some flowers to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, man. He was called on in short duty. Isaiah Pacheco had the scope surgery, whatever. He's down for this game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets his number called and shows up in a big way. Uh, four catches on four targets, 64 yards. And, of course, the outstanding touchdown catch. That's in the receiving game, but in the run game as well, he was effective. 13 carries, 37 yards, longest of those being for 20. I thought Clyde did well. It's been a tough spell for him. We've got on this platform and talked about him and being the guy, the odd man out. Why didn't he go to the parade? Why didn't he go to the White House stuff? He's talked about wanting to rewrite his own narrative. Mark, he rewrote his narrative here. And yes, Isaiah Pacheco comes back. But I said this from the beginning, Clyde would have a role in this team. And he showed it. It only just took till week 15, 14 or 15, but he showed it. Yeah, I mean, in this game, you didn't get much from the running game, only 37 yards, but he did have that 120-yard run. But outside of that, pretty much nothing. But in the passing game, he had that big screen pass that went for almost 50 yards, and he showed a lot of agility on that one. And he's been looking pretty spry the last month or so. You know, last year, I know he was dealing with some knick-knack injuries and stuff like that. He just like he was running in mud. You know, he like he had builder blocks for <laughs> shoes. Like it, 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 there was no burst, there was no spark, no juice at all. But that hasn't been the case this year, man. So you definitely have to give him credit. Um, now, how much is this is contract year stuff? <laughs> you know, you know the good old saying: the contract year is undefeated. Fifth year option was declined. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, not only is he playing for right now, he's looking for that second contract, whether it be here or elsewhere. I think the latter is still more likely at this point, but who knows? But who knows? Uh, but yeah, man, you got to give him credit. And how about him telling Patrick Mahomes throughout the week? Just throw it up to me, man. I'm not gonna drop it. You know, I know you've been. Now I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm, I'm freestyling now at this point. But I know you've been doing with a lot of people dropping balls this year, man. I, I know I'm only like five nine, but now you're being I, nasty. Now you're just being nasty. Get it. I can go up there and get it, and he did, man, because it wasn't a perfect throw. I mean, it was a little high, and Clyde showed he got some bunnies. You know, it looked like Aaron Ladd out there when he goes to his open runs every Tuesday night, man, throwing the bunnies <laughs> off. So shout out to CEH. Like you said, people have thrown him in the mud and buried him and caught him a bust. And, yeah, sure, four games. Don't, don't put that on everybody else like you haven't participated openly in that, Mark Gunnels. You have a very active platform on Chiefs, on Chiefs Twitter, Chiefs X. You have been at times someone who I mean, has said that Clyde is not the guy. And I, I think the bigger point here is with, with CEH specifically, and really the running back room in general, right? Like 
Pacheco, his style of running is not conducive to being the guy. Continue. Like, there's going to be, there's going to need to be guys who give you a spot start from here on. Clyde being in the bullpen with Jarek McKinnon, who, yes, we say they're saving him to the playoffs. I think that's just code for, hey, we invested in an older running back. He's not going to be able to play every week. And we kind of know that. Clyde, we knew there was going to be a time for his number to get called. We didn't think it would take until this long. He obviously started the week one game as well because Pacheco took some time to get back. But this running back room is crucial to their success offensively, and they sputtered at times. We needed them to put together full, a full four-quarter performance, and Clyde was a part of them kind of getting close to that. I still don't think they did it all the way, but I wanted to give him his flowers off the top. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's no doubt about it. At the end of the day, you know, like you said, with McKinnon, yeah, I think that is code for, yeah, you're an older <laughs> running back. <laughs> We're just going to preserve you. We're going to try to get you to the finish line. We're going to help get you there. Right. And like you said, with Pacheco's running style, so violent, super violent, man. So it's kind of hard to bank on him playing a full 17 game season. And so, yeah, I mean, CH is a really good stop gap, stop gap starter. And he's proven that so far. I know they said Andy Reid said his presser that they do expect Pacheco to be back next week against the Raiders. But I still don't think that means he's going to go back to getting 15 to 20 carries a game. I think what you've been seeing from CEH as of late, I think now, especially these last couple of weeks before you get into the playoffs, you're going to see more of a true 50-50, if you would, sprinkled in with a little McKinnon. I thought it was really cool. I actually rewatched because I, I covered Bazoo basketball. They were in town on Sunday. The game was in Boston. So I hung back, got my full rewatch in today before the pod. So I got a couple notes. After the CH catch, Tony comes over and raises his hand and says, "He's him." Did you, did you yeah. Tony? I think he was probably just impressed, and and hopefully those two are working together on uh, some sort of a catch routine, if you will, for for the Kansas City Chiefs. One more notes as we talk uh, the Chiefs wide receiver room, and I kind of want to get your state of the union on the Chiefs wide out room. Uh, still not put together a full fourth four-quarter performance for Kansas City. And one of the notes from the broadcast is that Kansas City only has 39 points in the fourth quarter all year this year. It's worst in the league. And the wideouts are a big reason why Kadarius Tony has another head-scratching moment. Mahomes shown frustrated on the sidelines. So on this wide receiver room as a whole, Mark Gunnels, coming out of this New England game, are you feeling more encouraged that they've pared down to who their best guys are? Uh, obviously, there was some some news with Sky Moore in there, but does the does the New England data point give you any more reason to be encouraged about this Chiefs wide receiver room? Yeah, a little bit. I I like the fact that Rasheed Rice is getting the most snaps and the most targets as of late. He had nine targets this past weekend and nine catches, which means he didn't drop a ball. If uh, you're doing the math out there. So he had 91 yards with a touchdown as well. His long was 24. And then outside of that, I think they realized that Justin Watson is their main deep ball threat, not NVS. He had three catches for 31 yards. Well, I'm sorry, he had three targets, 31 yards, but don't, 31 yards came on one catch. So that was the long of the day outside of the screen pass to win the CEH, but just as far as actual ball traveling distance wise that was the longest passing play of the game uh mvs seemed like he's in the doghouse a little bit right now man uh one target he did catch it for 17 yards but that's pretty much it 
His snap count is getting lower and lower, it seems, by the week. I do want to see, though, more involvement for Noah Gray. He did have two catches in this game for 37 yards, but I think increasing his volume is something that could benefit not only this offense, but Travis Kelsey. Because now you get the two tight end sets out there. You're taking some pressure off of him. Defenses aren't game planning for Noah Gray when they come into playing the Chiefs during the week. And he hasn't dropped the pass all year. Now, granted, he hasn't had that many targets, but still, (laughs) every time he does get targeted, he catches the ball. So, and I think you're in that transition phase where you do see Kelsey getting a little older. Yes, he's still a really, really good, still probably the best tight end. We're talking about the wide receiver room right now, Mark Gunnels. Yes, tell me how you feel about this, the wideouts, not Travis still, Kelsey. But this still all ties in together. It's pass catchers. I can't. No, no. We, we're not lumping pass catchers in with this because this wide receiver room specifically has come under fire. And Kadarius Tony, well, first and foremost, they still didn't score in the fourth quarter. So when we're talking about put a full four quarters together. We still haven't seen it. Okay. It, okay. I know I want I know one of our, our moments from last week's pod kind of bubbled up a little bit. It was where I was kind of pushing back on you saying. You know, they we, we're starting to see things come together. Like, I'm still feeling the same way about this one. I'm not lumping Kelsey in with the pass catchers. Kadarius Tony seems to have frustrated Patrick Mahomes to no end. MVS has dropped off a map as far as his snaps are concerned. I got the numbers right here. He played 22 snaps for 34%. Kadarius Tony played 40% of the offensive snaps last week. Richie James only got two, two snaps. Like, it seems like there's still, from my perspective, Still trying to figure it out. I'm tired of coming in here and talking about potential. Okay, here we go. All right, strictly wide receivers. Thank you for getting me back on track, Aaron. I appreciate that. So, to me, the big elephant in the room is obviously Kadarius Toney. I'm not completely out on him yet. Maybe I'm just being bullish. Hey, I can admit that. Because I still believe when he does have the ball in his hands, which has still been a problem, because when he gets it, he doesn't catch it, but he still is super dynamic when he does have it in his hands. And I still think there is a world where you're going to need him to make a play or two in January. I, I do believe that, and not just a punt return like you saw in the Super Bowl last year, because you don't have a Juju, a, a veteran guy that you can rely on down in and down out. Now, I know Rasheed Rice is coming on along, but he still has a lot of drops as well. You know, he's playing really good, but he's still up there and drops too. So I do think Kadarius Tony will still be in the rotation. Maybe his snaps go down slightly. But the fact that Sky Moore, I know we're probably going to get into that, but this is a big part of this wide receiver room conversation. The fact that he's done for the season, well, the regular season, but I'm pretty sure he's probably not going to play in the playoffs, I would imagine, at this point. He's probably done for the year in general. I think that opens up a door for a Richie James to get more involved. And that's the guy that we've talked about for several weeks. That is a, a real NFL receiver. I mean, he has 600 yards last year. I know it's not that much, but for crying out loud, that's a lot for this receiving room. And he did it with the Giants out of all teams, with Daniel Jones at quarterback. So I do think, and Andy Reid alluded to it a couple of days ago, or yesterday, recording on Tuesday, on his press conference about yeah, that's on me. We do have to get him out there a little bit more. He only had two snaps, I believe, Sunday against the Patriots. So I do think now you're you're taking away Sky snaps. You're going to have to force Richie James in there. 
Tony's still going to play no matter what Chiefs Kingdom wants or not. He's not going to get just completely outed. And what about Justin Ross? I know he hasn't played in it feels like forever, but they did just activate him on the 53-man roster. He is a guy that brings something, at least from a physical standpoint, that this receiver room does not have as far as a jump ball capable type of guy. So do you insert him on just certain packages? Yeah, I'm not expecting him to know the whole entire playbook and all the positions and things like that. But I think you can dumb it down to where, okay, we're comfortable with you, with you on these 10 to 15 plays a game. We'll put you out there, just perfect these, and we'll roll with the punches there. Yeah, I don't know how many times we could come on here and tinker and mess around and say, oh, they can do this and that, and they need to do this and that. And the, I mean, the the elephant in the room is that this is their fatal flaw this year, is that they don't have the talent inside that room to be able to contend. Like, they're, they're going to have to, if they do ultimately, and I'm not ruling anything out. Obviously, we've seen Patrick Mahomes do a lot more with a lot less. But if they win another Super Bowl this year, it will be in spite of the wide receiver room, not because they figured it out and something happened. Like, we've seen enough football to inform us on that. I disagree with that because figuring out, it's not like we're asking them to go out there and be all pros. We're just asking for the simple things, like just catching the football. I mean, they're professionals. They know how to catch a freaking football. And you football. think that's something they're going to dust off right before Christmas? Maybe maybe Santa will have it in his sleigh this year and, and Kansas City will be able to figure I, out the simple can, stuff? I think they can reduce it from a historical rate. Yes, I do. I, I think they can. Let's give Rasheed Rice some flowers because he's inside that wideout room and just set a rookie record. Seven touchdowns on the year with that little shovel from Jarrett McKinnon on the very uh, fun, intricate play with Mahomes in his three-point stance, whatever. Rasheed Rice gets it. Uh, cool moment there. And he's been a guy that they can depend on not only this year, but I think going forward. We talked about Mahomes' frustrations and kind of him showing more so being that guy, not being that guy, because I think these have been isolated moments mostly, but his frustrations with the offense overall, I think this is something that gets, I always send in, in the group chat, right? What, what should we talk about today? And Serta mentioned it, and this is something that we talked about last week too. Is it is it something that is going to impact what happens in between the white lines, or do you think that this is just – a buildup. What's your read on, on Mahomes being more vocal when things aren't going the offense's way? I think it should have set an alarm to everybody in the locker room. The fact that he normally doesn't act like this, right? Like he's always the clean cut, never shows super amounts of frustration unless you're trying to take him out the game, right? Which is just more of a personal thing, not frustration with his teammates. So I, I think if you're a competitor, if you're in that locker room and you're seeing your leader act like that, you have to be like, man, it has to be me. Like, it, it, it can't be just him because he, <laughs> he's, made, he's made mistakes before and has never been this vis visibly frustrated. I'm sure maybe behind closed doors, things that we don't see. But as far as like on the sidelines, you know, I just the lip readers are out there, so we know what he said this past Sunday. Okay. No, I missed that. What did he say? Give me, give me the, give me the child friendly version, if you could. <laughs> um, not word for word, but he was basically like, "Man, this just, just can't f and b, man. Just can't f and b, man." <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got my man in the twilight zone. <laughs> I just can't. It. I just, I just f and can't, man. 
<laughs> I will say though, a couple more stats because I don't want to just we have to address this, and the chat is kind of talking about this as well, still in the wide receiver room. Kansas City has the lowest contested catch rate of any uh wide receiver group in the National Football League. I don't know who they sourced on that, but that was from the Fox broadcast. But also, kind of the opposite coin of this, and another reason why it's so frustrating is because it, it seems like they can turn it on when they want to. The two minutes right before halftime, this is another note from the broadcast. 81 points for Kansas City's offense in the two minutes right before halftime, best in the league. It's like they have stats that show that they can score, and then they have stats like the fourth quarter stat from earlier with the lowest scoring offense in the fourth quarter all year long. It's like, which one is it? Andy Reid said in in, in one of his newsers last week, it's like we're, we're getting yards, but we're not getting points. It's just like that to me is not sustainable. Yeah, and I just refuse to believe that this is going to be the continued story these last few weeks. At some point, your fortune has to change the other way. For for example, the Miami Dolphins haven't beat a team over 500 in a long time. They're eventually going to beat somebody over 500. It's not that they can't do it. They just haven't done it yet. I just am not willing to say that this offense cannot break through and stop these self-inflicting things. I, I just, I, I just can't get there. I can't say that concretely. And I know you're going to say we have 15 weeks of evidence. I understand that. I get it. <laughs> at the same time, man, it's like one or two plays. NBS drop against the Eagles. You win that. Like it's just they're so close, Aaron. And I know you're tired of hearing it. I know Chiefs fans are tired of it. They're so close. But they truly are. They truly are, Aaron. And you just gave the stats that pretty much proved it. Let's talk special teams. Harrison Butker suffers his first miss of the year. I want to give him his kudos, though. Came back admirably. Ended up making a kick late to to give the Chiefs 27 points uh, in Foxborough. And you knew it was going to happen eventually. And this is my point off this specifically. Kickers are going to miss kicks. I'm not down on Harrison Butker. I'm glad he missed it. But now now your thinking has to change. I've been begging Casey to go for it more aggressively on some of these fourth downs. Before the thinking was, hey, your kicker has not missed all year. Give him an opportunity to go out there. He's been nails. He literally has not missed an extra point or a field goal. Now that that's over, if it's fourth and two or fourth and three within the 30-yard line, leave 15 out there. And that's no knock to Harrison Bucker. I still have the same confidence I did. And honestly, if you wanted him to miss a kick, obviously you don't want him to miss a kick, Mark, but like if he misses the first kick of the game in New England where their kicker then turns around and misses their first kick of the game and it doesn't hurt you at all, it's the perfect miss. He can settle back into his routine. But I just want to see a more aggressive Chiefs offense on fourth down. That's the point I had off that. I'm surprised you say that when you don't have any confidence in this offense that you want to see him out there for an extra down. Well, it's just sometimes, and I'm thinking the games now, like the Broncos game, or I'm thinking games where like even Green Bay, where it's like the other team's getting seven every time out. So you going out there and getting three for an already shaky offense, I don't think gives you the same confidence. Sometimes getting that seven really can, I don't know, give you the fairy tale juice or the Michael secret stuff from Space Jam to unlock a, a separate part of your offense. Let's get to some some stuff on wax here. Mark has been wanting to avoid this. Chat's tapping up. Think Through Tactical says, just tapping in. Shout out Mark and Aaron for the best show on Arrowhead Pride. 
appreciate y'all comments. We're getting to some voicemails a little bit later in the show, but I wanted to get to this because as you mentioned, Mark Gunnels, Chiefs sophomore receiver Sky Moore has been placed on IR. He he had his snaps limited in that game. Andy Reid said that there was some knee swelling, so they monitored that. So he's going to miss at least the rest of the regular season. I think IR is four games, but there's there's only three left. So we're going to look at Sky Moore's full body of work. Mark Gunnels entering this year went on wax. We asked him to give a prediction on who he thought a sleeper in the Chiefs offense would be. And this is what he had to say. Like 800, close, maybe close to 1,000. All right, well, we're going to have to reclip that now, sir. So let's make sure we between, get that. Between 800 and 1,000, that's where I'm at. Skymore's regular season, 14 games, 21 catches, 244 yards with one touchdown. He could still come back. Obviously, he could still potentially come back and play an impact for KC in the postseason. But I, I'm not blogging on you. Mark, obviously, I, I I am a little bit because that's just kind of what we do here on this platform. But I want to spend three to four minutes talking about Sky Moore's sophomore year. It, it, I didn't like the the narrative around him when this news came across either. Like, I I really wish people would separate art from the artist in some ways. Like, I don't think this guy intended to have kind of this letdown year, obviously, but. Where do you go from here? One, if you're the Chiefs, Mark, and two, maybe if you're Sky Moore on how to kind of repair this 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 relationship uh, headed into his third year in KC. Well, let me just say this once again. I went into this season expecting him to be exclusively in the slot. Stop it. Can we just get to the salute? We don't care about your predictions. Get 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 to the fix. You don't we don't have a prediction, but you put a video for my prediction. What a contradiction that is. You don't care. Why'd you pull up the clip there if you don't care about it? Anyway, all right. Well, fine. I, I, I'll let you have your little moment. Just uh, get, you, you yeah. know, we, we don't need to rag on you anymore. I, I hate we even had to do it once, but, you know, it's on wax. Yeah, you were right. so confident. So I, I, once I can get my gates, then, then, then we're good, you know. All right. I, I got you when I come back in town, man, for sure. <laughs> all right. So where do you go from here? I mean, you picked this guy in the second round. He's on He's on contract until 2026. And, I mean, he's not making much. I mean, his cap hit this year was 1.4. Next year is going to be 1.7. It's not a money thing. He's I a mean, rookie deal. I mean, but you said, where do you move forward? So, I mean, people, some people are suggesting, do you cut him? Do you trade him? Is that what you're suggesting? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I think they're obviously going to revamp this receiver room, I believe. Brett Veach has been known for overcorrecting their holes. We saw, obviously, with the offensive line, he corrected that in one offseason. The defense, when they traded Tyreek Hill, you get Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis. So I think this year's mission is the receiver room, despite if they win the championship or not. I think that is still, obviously, an area of weakness that they need to address. There are some veteran receivers out there. I, I liken a guy like a Mike Evans, maybe a Keenan Allen. Bring T. Higgins, his price just went way up after this last weekend, too. Yeah, we ain't getting I, him for the cheap no more. No, nah, I don't think the <laughs> Bengals are just going to let him walk. I think, if anything, it'll be like a tag-and-trade situation. And there's no way they're trading him to Kansas City. So that's a pipe dream at this point. 
But I think in a perfect world, you bring in a veteran receiver, a, a established number one, like a Keenan Allen, Mike Evans type guy. You have Rasheed Rice as number two. I know we love Rasheed Rice, but I think he's better suited right now as being a great number two option. And then you figure out the rest. I, I think Sky will still be in there. I think he'll still be in the top five. You have to see what you're going to do with Tony. What are you going to do with Richie James, MVS? You can get out of him after this year. I think he's gone. So I still think considering how cheap he is, I think he's still going to be around as like your fifth or sixth receiver next year because it's like, why not? You know, we still invested a second round pick on this guy. And it's hard for franchises just to give up on a high value pick, even after their second year. You typically try to give them at least three years. So I know people are totally out on Sky and I get it. I totally understand. But he's going to be on this roster next year. I'm pretty confident saying that. I like your prediction that Beach retools the wide receiver room, kind of similar to the uh, excuse me, the offensive line after the Super Bowl collapse against Tampa Bay. Really active chat today. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Think through tactical says maybe Tyler Boyd is a potential Chiefs target in the offseason. Uh, Caleb Murphy on X says we all fell for the narrative in the offseason that the Chiefs were trying to push. You also pushed the Canaries Tony wide receiver one narrative as well. Mark was like, there's, yeah, I think we're kind of letting you off a little easy with just the sky more because you really had this offense as like something that still hasn't come to fruition. I did. I was totally in. I mean, I thought this is a very deep room. We were having conversations if just the roster even make the roster. I thought that was a sign that this is a pretty deep room. I, I really did. I thought Sky Moore a year two was going to take off. I thought uh, Tony, I know he had injury concerns, but I thought he would be a more featured part of this offense. And none of those things have happened. <laughs> none of those things have happened. And the least likely guy, especially with talking about rookies, never played well under Andy Reid. Rasheed Rice is clearly the best receiver. I did not envision a world that, that would be possible. I actually have another Rasheed Rice stat for you. Uh, four straight games with over 64 yards and at least seven receptions. That's another part of it for me. Like, he's the safety blanket. Even if he's racking up like the eight and the nines, he had a couple very clutch third down conversions in this last game. Barmore for New England was extremely disruptive, had a couple of snaps where he got the better side of Trey Smith. And, and there's Rasheed Rice coming back to the ball, doing the scramble drill stuff, wise beyond his years for sure, and someone that, as Matt Derrick, friend of the show, posted on X, is someone that I think Kansas City will try to retool this wide receiver room around. Like, he's not going to be just a piece of the pie, but they're going to try and get pieces that fit along well with him and synergize with what he likes to do. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's just get right into the cheese preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Cheese preview. Christmas Day game, man. You gonna this be is- there? Yes, sir. It'll be a fun day. GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Monday. Why don't they put this one in prime time? Well, you saw the primetime game that night, right? This one, I think, is a Nickelodeon game. My boy Nate Burleson will be there. My twin, Slime. They do kind of look alike. <laughs> Yo, when I first got to KC, and like I was walking through like uh, Arrowhead tailgate lots, and people were drunk and stuff, like that was the go-to. That that was literally the game. Oh, Nate! 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 Hey! Hey! <laughs> and then one day, Nate and I did a clip. Have you ever seen that clip before? No, I don't think so. This is when I miss the spaces because we could just throw stuff up on the on the, <laughs> the jumbo <laughs> Yeah, Nate and I did like a little. We did like maybe like a two and a half minute clip. I forgot what game he was in town for. Maybe it was a divisional round or one of those. Okay. And uh, he complimented the fade, complimented the look. Hey, man, that's the game guy. Right nice now. game, huh? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Chiefs Raiders, uh, the six and eight Las Vegas Raiders playing against the nine and five Kansas City Chiefs. Monday, December twenty fifth, noon kick from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Let's update the injuries. We're recording on Tuesday, so let's assume some of these things we'll get that we know official on Wednesday. But from last week around, Isaiah Pacheco was ruled out with a shoulder. Andy Reid anticipates him playing Sunday against the Raiders. He said that in his usual Monday availability. I want to keep an eye on Donovan Smith, too. I know Wanya Morris has played well, and you've said it in the past, Mark Gunnels, like, if we don't call a tackle's name or if we don't notice he's there, that's a good game, but would still like to get our big investment out there on the outside if you're Donovan Smith uh, dealing with the next stinger. We'll monitor his availability. And then Joshua Williams was a late add uh, with an illness and didn't make the game. Uh, this past week. So we'll monitor those three players availability as well as whoever the Raiders bring in, but Pacheco coming back. That's that, that's big time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to see him get back in there with three games to go before you hit the playoffs in January, get back into a rhythm, take some hits, get that feeling back. And, you know, you got three reliable rec- running backs that I feel pretty comfortable with. Uh, and they all catch the ball at the backfield as well. Pacheco has shown that ability this year. I know that was a knock on him coming out of college, uh, but he's shown he can do that. And we obviously know CH can and Jet McKinnon can for sure. So I think you have a nice three-man rotation, and guys should stay fresh, and I like it a lot. I've given up on the race for the one seed. I think Kansas City is going to either be a two or a three seed in this year's playoffs, which means they will potentially have to go on the road for the first time. Patrick Mahomes is – 
career, but but Mark Gunnels not necessarily is, is our is our resident is our resident one C. He he is has he's doing all the numbers, he's punching everything behind the clock. And I do know this. I do know that with a win over the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday, Kansas City would clinch an eighth straight AFC West title. Very cool, very nice. More history there for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But for them to get the one seed, Mark Gunnels, let us know what would have to happen. Please update us on the one seed race. So I do think it's unlikely they get the one seed, but it's still very, very possible considering the schedules. So obviously the Chiefs have to win out. You got the Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers. You'll be favorites in all of those games. And you need the Ravens to lose two of their last three. And I think the most likely scenario is they lose their next two if you get them to lose two. Because they play the Niners this Monday on Christmas at San Francisco. I feel comfortable they're losing that game. But then after that, they come home to play Miami. Miami hasn't beat any good teams over 500. It's in Baltimore. I probably lean Baltimore in that game, but... It wouldn't shock anyone, I don't think, if Miami won that game. Need Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and then they end their season at home against Pittsburgh. They'll probably win that game. I know those games are normally close because the rivalry and stuff, but I think Pittsburgh is kind of at their wits end now. I think this is going to be the first time they finish under 500 under Mike Tomlin. So if you want them to lose two games, it has to be these next two. But I do think you got the two seed in your back pocket if you went out because – you just need Miami to lose one more time if you went out. And they played Dallas this week. I just mentioned the Baltimore game. And then they end the season against Buffalo. And did you know Buffalo can still win that division, by the way, if they went out? Which is crazy to think about. And Buffalo's next two games is against the Chargers and the Patriots. Then they end the season in Miami. If they went out, Buffalo wins the AFC East. Honing back in on the Raiders really quickly before we go to Vegas. We talked about this a couple pods ago, but another game where Kansas City's opponent has a rest advantage for the Las Vegas Raiders. They played last Thursday night. They played on the 14th, and they won't play again until the 25th after Santa's already come down and delivered the gifts. So 11 days of rest for the Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs who get just get the extra day. Something that Serta pointed out in the group chat as advantage, and here it is. You're bearing down the back end of the schedule. Isaiah Pacheco's coming back off of surgery. You've got guys with nicks and scratches. You got the older running back. This team's played a lot of football. This is a game where, on paper, obviously Mark Gunnels should take care of, but maybe the rest makes you second guess. No, I'm not. I'm not too concerned because even though they're going to have extra rest. The Chiefs still get a decent amount of rest as well. You get that extra day. You're not playing Sunday to Sunday. You know, you got that Monday game. So you get eight days. So I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. And you're, you're not traveling. You're going to stay in Kansas City. You're going to be there for the holidays and open up the Christmas presents with your family probably the, the day before. Obviously, you have such an early start on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. And let's not forget, this would be Aiden – O'Connell's first game in Arrowhead, the rookie quarterback for the Raiders. I think that means something. You know, it's, it's going to be a hostile environment. People are going to be liquored up. They're going to have their eggnog in their system. They're going to have the, they're going to have the feeling of having good presence back at the crib. So it's going to be good vibes at Arrowhead 
on a Christmas at Christmas Day, a noon start, right? So let's hope he doesn't step on the logo. Let's hope he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and then, learn that and then also there has to be some regression to the mean, right? The Raiders just scored sixty three points against the Chargers last last week. Sixty three. Shout out to Brandon Staley. We know we didn't talk about that, but it's AFC West news. He's finally out the division. Oh, I was hoping he could stay around a little bit longer, but that's a different topic. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I think there's, I think there is something to that because they're off such a high, man. I mean, sixty three points against your division rival at home. You know, Max Crives was probably hitting the blunt again after the game in the locker room. No comment. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> No, no comment. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs should handle business in this game. They they're really good at taking away your best option, and that's going to be Devontae Adams. Obviously, last game he had seventy three yards against the Chiefs secondary, so that's pretty good job for the most part. And throughout the year, we've seen this secondary shut down wide receiver ones week in and week out. And if you're able to do that again against this Raiders team. There's not too many more options you're going to. I mean, they could try to run the ball. I know the Chiefs can be deceptible against the run a little bit, but I think if the Chiefs got to an early lead, which I expect, then you're not going to be able to run the ball as much as you would like, especially on the road. Let's get to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by a lead. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Tell me how – why did Travis Kelsey do me like that, man? Why did, why did Kelsey do me like that? He ruined my good week. He kind of had a nightmare red zone sequence. Like, they they went to him three straight plays. The first one was the touchdown that kind of dropped, but they kind of pointed on the broadcast, right? It was one of those where he knew the hit was coming. So it, it was kind of like he got alligator arms for a second. Then they go shovel pass inside that didn't really work. And then he kind of flopped <laughs> on that last. It just didn't – it hasn't looked as fun for Travis Kelsey this year. And it hasn't looked as fun for Mark Gunnels in Vegas either. He went one and two last week in his three plays. The hit was the Chiefs spread, headed at nine and a half. Kansas yeah, they hit that. <laughs> I did. Kelsey anytime touchdown and under 37 total points were the misses. So one and two last week, 15, 26 and one for the year. Not enough time to get back to 500, but still some moral victories. I can still have four games in the playoffs. I'm just saying this. Don't say there's no chance because we still got playoff plays as well. So you can't forget about that. Well, it's, it's unlikely. <laughs> I'll just say that it's 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 unlikely for Mark Gunnels to to make it back to 500, but you never know. The road to 500 could start right here on episode 69. Mark Gunnels has three plays for us. Take it away. All right, I'm going back to the spread. I love it. I know it's 10, but I really think the Chiefs are going to put it on the Raiders in this game. Chiefs minus 10. Like I mentioned before, I think they get out to an early lead in this game. I think Aiden O'Connell throws a pick or two with his first game in Arrowhead. It's going to be the loudest environment he's probably ever played in. So, yeah, I like the Chiefs to get out, get out of there early Christmas Day. It's going to be a fun day for Aaron Ladd at Arrowhead while he has a Santa hat on. It's going to be, it's going to be all smiles, man. It's going to be, they're going to be smiling in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to see Mahomes and company smiling in the fourth quarter. So, remember I said that. 
Second play I got here. Speaking of Mahomes, I'm taking his over on passing yards. Right now, I got it at 269 and a half. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he throws for 300 in this game. We saw last week he threw for about 280. I think he's getting more comfortable. I like the screen game. I think you get one of those cheap plays again where you get a guy scamper out for 30 to 40 yards. And I, I think all in all, is you can just block Max Crosby. He should have time in the pocket. He should have a lot of time in the pocket in this game. They don't have many game records outside of him on their defense in general. So I do think he spreads the ball around in this game and throws the ball around a lot. I think it should be pretty fair weather from what I looked there on Christmas Day in Kansas City. And then my last play here, I'm going to the other side on the Raiders. I got Devontae Adams. And I was talking about how this secondary holds number one receivers down. So I'm going to go 10 toes on that. I'm going to go the under on his receiving yards at 70 and a half. I think you see him around that 50 to 60-ish range. He only had 73 against them last time, which would have been clear at this number. But that game was in was at home. It was in Las Vegas, and he barely cleared 70 yards. So I think in Arrowhead, like I said, I think the quarterback struggles in this game, and I think they lock up you know, Devontae Adams. So those are my three plays. Chiefs minus 10 on the full game spread. Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards at 269 and a half. And Devontae Adams under on receiving yards at 70 and a half. I don't hate it. And I hope that it gets you closer to 500 because I know that would make you happy, Mark Gunnels. There we go. It's been a rough episode for you. So we'll take it easy for you. I've got a 3 0 day for Christmas. That's all I want for Christmas. Yeah, that's all he, all he wants all for I Christmas. Want Santa's a 3 0 day, Santa. Come on. 3-0 ticket. Let's get to some voicemails. Very active chat today. We'll try and do as much as we can on the way out of here. I think we got about 10 minutes. How about the Blake Bell? The Blake Bell voicemail. You got that one, sir? Hey, what's up? This is Steven. Blake Bell, this message for you. Um, listen, next time you're big for nothing, can't be bothered to move up to close on the ball. Just stand there, look stupid, and don't even have the audacity to even try to actually tackle the when you don't, when you're not employed next year on this team, and you are in free agency, I want you to remember this play. Your your Rudy Poo candy ass. Oh my God! That's your that's your side of the uh, of X. Uh, you're saying my my promotion brought that. Yeah, that's Gunnel, that's Gunnel's hive. It sounds like Gunnel's hive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Blake Bell's not good. I'll tell you that. He's. You don't good. think he's good? As a receiving tight end, no. <laughs> no, not at I, all. I've actually been very impressed with how much Noah Gray has grown because he was not a great. I mean, for what they asked for, and we got to remember, Kansas City asks a lot of their tight ends, man. Like being a, a a tight end in Kansas City system, you can't just be a one trick pony. Like you got to be able to block, you got to be able to catch, you got to be an asset in the uh, fullback game now. Sometimes because they don't have a fullback on the roster anymore. Like I don't know how much Blake Bell was really supposed to do in that situation. Like Mahomes honestly should have threw it to Sky more on the outside. He was wide open. Open. Probably would have dropped it. Let's get to the next. <laughs> Let's get to the next voicemail. Hey, fellas. This is Joe from New York. I'm calling in because I've been listening to a lot of the Arrowhead uh, Pride podcast. And one thing that keeps getting repeated is that the Chiefs don't really have much margin for error. And that feels like complete nonsense. The Chiefs have one of the worst turnover differentials in the league. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. They have the first and third most penalized players in the league, and they're still in every game. Like, 
that shows you have a pretty big margin of error. You just need to cut down on some of those errors. This is the interesting. This is an interesting way of looking at it. I guess when I say the Chiefs have a a small margin of error, I'm talking about amongst elite teams, and that's like what I challenged you on last podcast is yeah they can make three or four errors and still beat the new england patriots by 10 which really should have been 17 but like i'm talking about when you're playing the eagles and it's a three-point game and like marquez valdez scantling has the game in his hands like you're not the, the margin for error is against teams of their own caliber like with 15 back there you're gonna dog walk some of these bad teams because look at who's playing quarterback in the league right now look at your next three opponents quarterback wise like when I say margin for error, I'm not comparing them to uh, teams that they're already better than. Yeah, I agree. And I think in these last three games, you do have margin for error against all of them. Now, you may push back on Cincinnati, but it looks like Jamar Chase may be done for the year. He has a separated shoulder. That's a big loss for Jake Browning, their backup quarterback there. So that game doesn't look nearly as scary as maybe it, it potentially would have been. But it's still your toughest game left. But I, I still think you can make mistakes in those games. But you don't want to make mistakes anyway because you're heading to the last stretch before the playoffs. These last three games, to me, you want to build some ha- good habits. It's not about the opponents you're playing because you're not going to play the Raiders in January. You're not going to play a great take from you. Finally, you're not, not going to play the Chargers in January. You're going to play the Baltimore's, the Miamis, maybe the Buffaloes of the world, and we saw against Buffalo, right? You can't make those type of mistakes against teams like that. So that is where I think the focus is these last three weeks inside that locker room. It's not about the opponent. Yeah, we're going to prepare for them, obviously, but it's about us and fixing things that we can control so we're prepared and feel confident come January. Great take from you. One more question on the way out. If Mahomes plays like the Reaper over the next three games, is it too late for him to win the MVP? I think so. Yeah, I, think I mean, he's pretty sewed up. He hasn't played well enough to even be in the conversation. Looks like it's going to be Purdy or Dak, which is just disgusting. It doesn't have to be a quarterback every year, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, if it was up to me, it should be CMC. Or, yeah, I think CMC. I think he's the most valuable player on the Niners team. I mean, even Purdy and George Kittle both came out and said that they would vote for cmc as well he does everything for that team and on the mahomes take i would maybe give you a chance if these last three games were against like the niners the ravens and the cowboys but even if he goes crazy it's gonna be like well it was the raiders it was the chargers it was the Bengals without joe burrow so yeah there's there's no chance mahomes is gonna win mvp this year Great show. We're back next Tuesday, which will be the day after Christmas. Mark Gunnels will have a stocking full of coal, but hopefully the Chiefs will have their second win in a row. 5.30 Tuesdays in your podcast feed the next day. Mark Gunnels, what's on your Christmas list this year, man? Really, man? I just want a three and all day. That's really what I want. I, just, I mean, I know I had one the previous week, but I need to stack them together, so... I, I need one on Christmas. That's really all I need. I don't, I don't <laughs> ask for too much, man. I don't ask for too much. From Mark Gunnels out in L.A., Steven Serta behind the board. I'm Aaron Lag, Coast to Coast, boys. We out.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.